Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode numero tres of The Real Journey Pod. Thank you so much for everyone out there listening. This episode with Adrian was just so amazing. I had such a great time recording it. Adrian's such a great mind. It has so much wisdom and his way of articulating things just completely makes sense. So you're going to get so much out of this episode. It's really going to set you up to succeed in 2023. And with that being said, happy, happy New Year's. Happy 2023 to everyone out there. Hope this new year brings just so much prosperity, so much gains in every single way of your life. And guys, I would be extremely grateful if you could just pause the show for a second, leave an honest five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It would just help the show reach so many people, and I'll be eternally grateful. Without further ado, guys, here is an amazing show with Adrian. Alrighty, guys, welcome to another episode of The Journey Pod. I'm here with a really good buddy of mine. Um, I actually met him last year and the evolution of our friendship just grew and grew. Every time I was able to spend time with him, every time that I was able to talk with him, it just blew my mind, the conversations that we we always get to have. Um, so to the podcast this week, we have Adrian, owner of Sexy Beast. Was it Sexy Beast Fitness? Yeah. <laughs> That's literally one of the best names I heard out there, man. How's it going? I'm good, man. I'm excited to be here and talk with you, bro. Welcome to the pod, man. Thank you so much for um for letting me have some of your time. I know it was kind of out of nowhere, but yeah. I know with the way that you live, the way that you carry yourself, you're really good at being spontaneous and saying things how they are. Awesome, man. That's probably how I prefer it. Just craziness and just going with the flow, man. So yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, um, basically the layout, what I what I try to do with uh with the podcast is I try to understand where everyone's coming from and what got mm-hmm. them to where they are at. Um, so be um just to tell everyone who you are, where you're at, and what uh helped you get there. Uh, I know yeah. you run Sexy Beast Fitness, you own uh it's a nutrition coaching company, and I see you doing so much good work out there, and it'll be really cool if you share that with everyone. Yeah, man. Um, so Sexy Beast Fitness is a brand that came about with the intent to want to help people achieve a fitness lifestyle by approaching people in a way that's like more, I guess, down to earth and kind of funny and not the typical like gym bro vibe that you get most of the time from content and social media. Right. So I've always wanted to go like a more fun approach and more like trying to really approach the general person who's just wanting to get more fit, who's been maybe struggling with yo-yo dieting and overtraining and just has a poor relationship with fitness, but wants that fitness lifestyle. And I think for me, like to get to this point where I'm at, I mean, for me, you know, fitness was something that changed my life. Um, I think growing up, I always wanted to be the funny guy. Like I remember even like in second grade, I remember making the promise to myself, like, okay, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the funniest guy in class. Like that was always my thing. Right. But then, you know, and I had confidence, I guess, you know, had a lot of different friends. But then I think around high school, you start to kind of, I at least I started to lose who I was because I think what I found in hindsight is that I was always constantly trying to please people. And in doing so, like, yeah, I was friends with everybody. Like I was friends with the band people. I was in band. I was friends with the sports people. I played sports. I was friends with everybody, but I never had like really close relationships And that eventually led me to a place like towards the end of high school or even after high school, I was feeling kind of depressed and alone. Like I didn't really know myself. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. 
and it was really just depression. I mean, I had no idea how I didn't have any sense of my own self-worth and it's because I lost it in trying to please everyone around me, right? Trying to fit in everywhere. But eventually, you know, I started working out, me and a buddy of mine, I was at the time really scrawny. He was always the smallest guy like in sports, skinny and like chubby at the same time, right? And so me and this other guy, we had the same goal, like let's stop being skinny and let's get some girls, right? How so we started living. At the time I was 17. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm high 20, school, like finishing high school roughly? Finishing high school. Yeah, I graduated yeah. when I was 17 because my birthday is like super late. Nice. But so, yeah. And so I'm 28 now. So this is like about more than 10 years ago. And so we started lifting weights. I mean, this guy, like, let's get some girls. We started lifting weights. And while it was super awesome, right, to see the transformation and to finally build muscle, what that ultimately led to was finding peace with myself and happiness with just me by realizing like, wow, I can change my life. I can actually stick to a goal, maintain a result. And if I can change my body, which I didn't even think was possible, like, right? Like when you change your body for the first time, it's like, did I, am I really accomplishing this? It's crazy. You know, for, especially for most of my life, always sucking in my stomach. I remember sucking in my stomach since probably four, <laughs> like in fourth grade, man. I remember like literally mm -hmm. intentionally sucking in my stomach to get to that point where like, wow, I can change my life, right? If I can change my fitness and my body, I can change any aspect of my life. And so because of that confidence in my ability to change anything I want and being finally happy with just me without needing any type of validation from other people, I started to find more of what I wanted to do. I started to listen to more of my wants, not really other people's wants. And what I ultimately found was like, man, I really want other people to experience this, right? I want other people to feel what I felt and I just always wanted to help people. So that started with like that first embodiment of helping people. The first idea was going mm -hmm. to be a nurse. So I, I became a CNA, a certified nursing assistant. Yeah. And after wiping enough butts, I was like, and then seeing and seeing enough nurses complain and about how stressful their job is and all that. I was like, I don't know if I want to be a nurse anymore. And I do remember the physical therapist walking in the room and they were like, yo like just super happy you know they're walking in happy with their exercise bands i'm like yeah. okay i think i want to be that guy so and what's the time difference here from when you started working out when you were 17 you obtained the goal and you you ultimately changed your life and that opened up your eyes to you being able to help people and you becoming a nurse what's that time frame look like i think i became a nurse around 18 or 19. okay oh so yeah. it wasn't too far, far it wasn't apart. too far apart yeah. no yeah and yeah, so I want to say like 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. And then I did that for about a year. And in that year, meeting the physical therapist and talking to them more, I realized, okay, yeah, that's the path for me. And, you know, I always wanted to base my decisions off of three things, right? Is it something that I'm yeah. going to love doing? Is it something that's going to make me money? And is it something that's going to challenge me enough to continue to grow? And so I was like, I yeah, that. physical therapy is definitely marking off all those boxes. So I did it, pursued it. As soon as I decided I was, that's what I was going to do, I left CNA, got my certification in NASM for personal training, started working in a gym, built some experience there while going to school, got my license in physical therapy assistant, and then did that for four years and then got bored of that because I go ahead. Yeah. Going too fast. <laughs> you just shared a great bombshell that could really help a lot of people, which is when you were setting up your goal for what you wanted to do for the rest of your life, that's three step process. I haven't heard that before. That 
is that could really spark some ingenuity because a lot of people have that a lot of trouble, especially getting out of high school and thinking about what they want to do for the rest of their life. It's like, okay, what mm -hmm. is it that I want to do? So what was it? First, uh, is it something that you love doing? Yeah, it's something I'm going to love doing. Mm -hmm. It's something that's going to make me money, like to enough to support a family. And it's something that's going to like challenge me enough to want to continue to grow with it. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. That really, and you could, I, I could really <laughs> just think of a lot of things that I had in my mind when I was thinking of what to do for, with the rest of my, my life that didn't fit in all those three categories. And what I do now ultimately aligns with all those three. So yeah. no, that's, that's gold right there, man. Thanks, man. I think I think one aspect of that, too, is I hear that a lot. Like, how do you know what you want to do with the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. And I don't think you ever really know. You just know what's in front of you at the moment. Like mm -hmm. what was in front of me at the first in the moment was being a nurse. And yeah. I didn't hesitate. I just went for it. But I knew, OK, I want to get some experience. So I became a CNA. And that ultimately led me to then discovering physical therapy, which ultimately led me to be discovering where I'm at now. Right. So it's like I think as long as you take action on the thing that's in front of you and move towards it you're eventually going to find the right path, even though maybe the path that you initially find is not the ultimate path for you. But it's closer. It's definitely closer than not going anywhere. Yeah, completely. It's like when they when a lot of people explain luck and luck isn't the aspect of just uh, randomness happening, but the aspect of opportunity presenting itself when you are ready and you're ready to pursue it. Mm -hmm. Exactly, man. It's just got to got to go. Um, So. So yeah, after you know working in physical therapy, I did that for about four years. Um, two years in, I really hit this weird mental wall where I was like clocking in and clocking out and just getting kind of bored and questioning and wondering, like, is this it for me? Like, is it's it am I gonna do repetitive? this? Yeah, and like don't get me wrong, I loved it, right? Like I still do. I love the idea of getting people from not being able to move with pain, you know, without pain to moving without pain, right? It's just it's really rewarding. Who were you mainly um, working with? I was working in two different settings at the same time, like the company I worked for. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked at a hospital. So it was mostly like people coming out of like knee replacement, hip replacement surgeries, or even cancer or strokes oh, wow. or like car accidents, like high trauma to like just getting people up out of like a open heart surgery. Right. So yeah. any, anything like that, like really intense stuff to get them out of the hospital. Wow. And then it was a clinic where it was more like, people coming in after doing CrossFit or a okay. sport in high school or, mm -hmm. or just further down the line of anything I saw in the hospital already. Yeah. So it was both of those settings at once. And it was cool to have the variety because they are yeah. completely different. I can see. Yeah. So it was cool. Like I love variety. As you can see, man, I love the randomness. I love randomness. Mm. So, but eventually, man, I did feel like I was hitting a ceiling and it felt like, okay, am I just going to continue doing this for the rest of my life? Do I go pursue a doctorate in physical therapy, which is $200,000 in debt, only to just make an additional $10 an hour? I was like, do I really want to do that? I don't think so. So I started just kind of looking around like, why don't I just build my own online business? Um, and I started making some content on TikTok and mm -hmm. things started blowing up. And then I was like, all right, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> and it was super exciting, man. And flash forward now, two years since doing online, I'm now full time uh -huh. just doing the business and i've left behind i mean i still use physical therapy with my clients right now like if yeah. somebody's experiencing knee pain or hip pain and stuff uh -huh. but it's mainly focusing on you know now bringing people towards a lifestyle so that they don't even have to end up in the hospital in the first place you know so they have the lifestyle they enjoy this fitness thing this workout thing this nutrition things so that it can serve them to live the best possible life man because the same thing for me right like fitness 
led me to this moment. Mm-hmm. And I truly believe, man, that it's my, like, God gave me the purpose to bring people on that fitness path so that they can then also embark on their own purpose. Because a lot of the times, I mean, I think people are being held back from fully realizing their full potential because they're being held back by insecurities they have around the way they look, yeah, low energy, just poor health, that if we can fix those things, man, the same thing I experienced, I know people will have a cascading positive benefits to their relationships, their career, and just their spiritual everything. So, so that's kind of what, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. What brought upon that big change? Because there's a pretty big difference into just um physical therapy and then the approach that you're taking with your clients now. Because I think, well, I believe, are you more nutritional focused? You do fitness programming as well. Do you also incorporate aspects of um, of prehab, rehab uh, within your programming? How's that look like? Yeah, it's everything, man. So I do give, I do, it has to be everything, right? My program does yeah. not, it can't be one or the other. So it's going to be nutrition. It's going to be the training mm-hmm. as well. And then typically with training programming, I have my clients send me videos. I, I make sure their form is well. And then usually nice. right away I can spot, like with a squat, for example, mm-hmm. oh, this person lacks depth because of their ankle mobility. You can just see it um, by how way their hip moves or their ankle yeah. moves, like what the issue is. And then, yeah. And then I'll provide more exercises to then correct some of those movements mm-hmm. and fix the mobility so that they can just excel and prevent injury with their weight training. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's, it's really great that you have the aspect of that, um, the, the background in physical therapy, because you kind of get an eye for actually working with so many people, seeing so many variations and you pick up, up on certain things, similar to someone that has never tracked before that starts tracking and they start getting an eye into um, making that relationship with portion sizes and calorie amounts and protein amounts, right? Yeah, ex- yeah exactly, man. Nice, man. So um, what has evolved in your in what you do now with your clients after you let go of physical therapy and you started digging a little bit deeper into trying to control everything? What do you mean? Like, what is your question? Yeah, so um, you said you want to have a little bit more control of what how people are training how people mm-hmm. are eating how the way the way that they're pursuing their lifestyles so what how, what big difference has come upon within your business from how it looks like now and how you work with your clients and how it looked like when you first started mm. i think the biggest change that i made was my approach and my thought process behind how I viewed a client. So I think a lot of times when I first started, I felt a lot of anxiety, for example, like before going onto a call with a client, like, oh man, like I have so, I feel so much pressure. There's almost a fear behind it. And it's because in my mind at the time, I needed to change everything. I needed to be the solver and the solution to all their problems. And on each call, I need to make sure they're making progress and it's all on me, right? It's all on the coach. When that's not really the case, because I think any good coach would believe that the best coaches should be aiming for the client to become as independent as possible. I also believe now that the the client already has all the answers. They already know what they should be doing. And one of the best things a coach can do is be a, a really freaking good listener, knowing how to ask the right questions to lead a person to the answers that they already know. 
And at the same time, asking them questions to help them ponder things that they weren't currently pondering, or maybe they're not aware of like their own, um, their own, I guess, hypocrisy. I feel that's a strong word though. Or like, you know, when their words and their actions don't align and being able yeah. to present that to them just objectively and asking them, Hey, for example, right? Like, you know, you told me that you want to lose the weight, but right now, based off of what you're eating, like this isn't going to get you there. So what do you feel like is the, the problem that's going on here? Like what, what is preventing you from wanting to take action? Do you really want this? Or like asking them challenging questions for themselves to challenge their own thinking. Cause as coaches, we can't be the, the solution to everything. We, we're not. Um, we're, I feel like it a lot of the time, simply just a guidepost to bring him to the light, but we can't make him take the steps, you know? And I think that's one of the biggest shifts I've made, uh, at least, you know, with how I approach coaching. I love that. I love that. Uh, cre creating that awareness for them to just self-evaluate themselves and just understand um, why it is that they're making these changes and, and reflecting on how, like you said, how they're, decisions and the habits that are they're taking is reflecting on that the behaviors that they want to create and how that mm -hmm. compares to that the goal the ultimate goal that they want to have within the lifestyle um yeah as you know it's like it's the aspect of understanding behavioral change it's so difficult because you're ultimately trying to get someone to change something so deep within themselves mm -hmm. and i feel like at first when when we first start becoming coaches and i remember the fact i did this myself i try to give all the answers at the start and i try <laughs> to give all the solutions and whenever I, I got i started working with a client i just told i just directly told them okay look this is what you got to do this is how you got to do it and then it was extremely difficult later on when the client came back the two weeks after and I was and I looked at their, at their log or I looked at something that 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 they did and they were, and I was like why didn't you do what I told you to do it's just mm. as simple as doing it but yeah, just uh, get it done man <laughs> yeah and and it's like understanding that it has to come that that change has to come mm. from within it has to be a reflection of how they view it how they see things and them ultimately wanting to make the change not you imposing mm. on that change that's extremely powerful that's great man yeah man that's that's everything i think you can't make somebody do something even if they're paying you for coaching which is the funny thing right even if they're paying you for this you can't be you always have to ask permission or give a person an option so they can decide for themselves the next step forward so like you know i think for us one of the things we pay a lot of attention to is metabolism right and it's some, it's one of the first things that we focus on with our clients. Like we want their metabolism to be at a level that's going to be able to sustain their fat loss in the future. And that's where most people have their issue is their metabolism. Yeah. And there's six things we present to a client at the very start. We say, hey, these are six different things that we can improve and work on that is going to improve your metabolism and get your body to be able to burn more body fat. Mm -hmm. And so we just say, hey, these are the six things. Which one do you feel like is most important for you to focus on right now? And they'll, they'll let me know and they'll let me know why. And then I'll be like, great, let's do it then, you know? And then we break that down even further for them saying, okay, these are the different options in which we can actually work on this one thing. Which one do you feel like is most appealing to you? Cool. Any obstacles that you perceive with this? Cool. These are the solutions to that. Do any of those sound good? Yeah, cool. All right. Does this plan sound doable? Great. On a scale of one to 10, how confident are you, you can do it? A 10. Great. All right. I'll see you next week. Let's kill it. You know, that's it. <laughs> 
then that's literally one of the best coaching process that you could take. Like literally someone could grab this, this audio, just rewind it a couple of seconds back and read that through and take that same mentality whenever approaching any fitness or nutrition goal. And they'll be able to dissect their own start of the journey and, and they're able to, to formulate their own plan. Because like you said, most of us, we roughly have an idea on what we probably shouldn't be doing and, and some of the behaviors that might not align with the ultimate goal that we want to create. And mm -hmm. as a coach, one of the things that you said is we're bringing that and we're exposing that so that way it's in front of you. And that way you could actually ultimately see that relationship with what, what you're trying to pursue and how to actually take steps forward and closer to that. 100% man. And I think a lot of the times in the pursuit of a goal, a person's biggest mistake isn't that they lack motivation or lack of desire. It's that there's a lack of clarity as to what is the most important thing for them to focus on. And we get distracted and the results don't come on as fast as we want them to. Mm. Or at least we, th you know, we think they're slow results. You know, like you should be only losing one to two pounds of weight loss. You know, you should only be trying to lose one to two pounds of weight a week. Right. But then for some people, they think, wow, this is so slow because I saw on TikTok this person losing 20 pounds in a week and they cut out carbs. Maybe I should be doing that. Yeah. Or or you ca they catch themselves in the middle of the night unhappy with the speed of the result. And so they're then Googling again how yeah. to lose weight faster. And then th there's just so much information out there. It's too much information. You would think with the internet and having every single answer at our fingertips, we'd have solutions, but it's more confusing than ever. And that's where coaching comes in, right? That's where we're able to create some level of barrier in terms of yeah. let's play in this room here. Everything outside of this doesn't ignore it. Now within this room, where do you want to go first? And if you go any of these rooms, you're going to make progress. So a lot of times we're just there to say, Hey, what you're doing is great. Keep doing what you're doing. Now for someone listening that can invest right in coaching, like I feel you still can get these results. We're not saying that coaching is the only way. But you have to have that self-awareness that we are wired to go off course because the way our brains are wired is for survival. And we're constantly looking for danger. And we often overestimate the danger of something, which causes us to then take an action that is just not thought all the way through. Yeah. You have to have a plan, stick to the plan. And then literally for you, if, you're, if you don't want coaching, you got to take the time to reflect <laughs> on your process. If you're not going to get a coach, you better at least once a week, look back at your week and say, I did this good. Yep. And talk to yourself and say, just keep going. Like yeah. affirmations and self-reflection and journaling are so key. Even as a coach, even with the coaching, I have my clients sometimes journal because it's just so powerful. But mm -hmm. all that being said, I mean, you have to stick a plan, ignore everything else and reflect on what is working, what's not working and encourage yourself if you're not going to have a coach. Yeah. No, it's just so, so easy to lose focus. It's like, like you said, we have this complex that we see, a, a, what, what's it called? The shiny object syndrome. Shiny object, complex. yes. Yeah. I have it's that. like we see, so, we see something that just catches our attention and we just automatically want to switch to that. And it's, it's, that's something very normal to do. Um, yeah, man. Now talking about motivation and, and feeding off motivation, we're coming up uh, into a part of the year where motivation most of the time is at its highest. In particular, mm. whenever we're looking at fitness or nutrition, you notice that towards the start of the year, 
it's when motivation just automatically goes up. And yes. a lot of people start creating or trying to create a huge change in their life. And there's aspects of new year, new me, um, the new year's resolutions. You see the gym start getting extremely packed. You see a lot of people trying, trying to make big changes in their, in, in their lives. And you see most people start feeding off of that motivation, which isn't necessarily bad, but that's a, that's yeah. a big driving factor towards the start of the year. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I had a buddy of mine ask me today, hey, are you against like New Year's resolutions? And I'm like, no, <laughs> why would I be against that? I am against the approach that most people take. And obviously I'm against it because I want people to succeed. I want succeed. people to get past that first month and actually fall in love with it and stick with it for the rest of their life. I want that so badly. Mm -hmm. And obviously I'm against the current approach because the current approach, 90% of people are going to be gone by February. And that's mm -hmm. that sucks, you know? And I think I've done this long enough and I've, I've done a lot of reflection of like, what is the difference? Like, why is it that some people are able to stick with it? And why are other people ultimately fail? Like what's, what's going on yeah. here? And I think there's clear distinctions, man. Like if I were to ask you or not, like, here's a simple one, right? Like, why do you, why do you work out? It's the norm. It's just uh, as, as normal as me brushing my teeth, as me having lunch today. It's sure. just, uh, it's just part of my day. It's, um, it wasn't like that forever. I do got to say that. Sure. Yeah, that's facts. <laughs> but what, so what does it do for you though? Um, right now, to be honest, the value I have for fitness is getting out of my space, getting out of this little room, um, being around people. Mm. Um, I feel good after I do feel it. Good after you do um, it. Mm -hmm. I like, uh the benefits i get with uh with the muscles and the 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 body the aesthetics that i get from it, it. and i just enjoy doing it it's something that i really like like to do it's uh it's something that if i don't have my workout or if i don't even go to the gym because it, it every, i don't work out every day but i go to the gym every day got it so uh, you do it because you like the way it makes you feel you love getting muscle you love taking some time out of your day to step out of your office and get some yeah. time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Notice the commonality between all the things that you just said, right? You're doing it because it's adding something into your life. Yeah. Everybody that's going to go and pursue a weight loss goal in the new year is working out because they want to lose something. They're not there to gain anything. They're not there to add benefit. They're not there to get more energy. They're not there to get more muscle. They're not there to get more mental health. At the end of the day, they're all there to lose something. They're there to lose weight. And the thing is, if all you do is aim for loss, you're going to lose. But if you aim for gains, you're going to win. And the funny thing is, if you go and pursue this with an intent to have more energy, to have more mental health, to add more muscle to your frame, not only is that process going to be much more enjoyable and less of a chore and less of a job, it's going to become way more fun. If you have, if you want to be like Ronaldo, like take notes from what he just said. Yeah. You're going to ultimately want, you're going to look forward to doing it. I you're look literally, forward to doing it. I look forward to going to the gym every day. It's and people probably hear that and say, it's crazy. And the reason why it sounds <laughs> crazy is because we're not doing it as a chore. Mm -hmm. We're doing it as a way to get something for ourselves. It's a, it's a freaking game to me. I don't know about you, but dude, yeah. working out's a game. It's a sport. Yeah. It's like a, Something to add into my life. And the thing is, the funny thing is, if you do it for those reasons and you notice yourself having more energy, having more muscle, 
all the benefit of that is all a good sign that your metabolism is boosting up. It's a good sign that your body is now burning more calories throughout the day. It's a, and before you know it, you're also burning body fat. But if you pursue it with simply the intent to like lose weight, mm -hmm. you're going to feel exhausted after your workouts. You're going to have to, you feel like you have to bring yourself to the gym and push yourself and encourage them. I mean, put, yeah, just basically push yourself and punish yourself on the yeah. treadmill. And then you don't feel good. You have low energy. Eventually you burn out. So what you just, just said is incredible because it just really explains in very fine detail what having a good relationship with exercise should look like. Mm hmm um 100%. because a, a lot of times like you said like you said most people the relationship with exercise that they have is oh i'm going to the gym because i want to lose weight or i'm going to the gym because i want to drop fat and then you ultimately exactly. tag that you you feel that you go throughout the day and it's like oh i can't do that because i got to go to the gym and then ultimately what that leads to is like uh you know what my friend invited me to go out but i have to go to the gym um i'm gonna rather go with my friend and that starts fumbling into another day and another day. And that doesn't mean that going out with your friend is bad. It's just that the approach that you're taking with exercise, the relationship that you have with exercise, it's you're not valuing it for what it is and you're mm. undervaluing it and you take it on as a chore and you kind of don't want to go to the gym. You don't want to exercise. You And by going to the gym, you could exercise wherever you want, but you kind of don't want to set yourself because you feel like it takes away from your day. It takes away from t time that could be spent uh, elsewhere. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, I think one of the biggest things that I, I noticed when, when I, because it's a struggle in the beginning, right? When you're trying to work out and be consistent, Completely. there's days you miss and there's weeks that you miss maybe. And it's hard to eventually get that down and you're just like consistently going. Yeah. But once you start deciding, like when, especially Friday night, when you know it's leg day and like you don't want to hit legs, especially first early on in training life. But that minute that you say, when your friends are asking you, hey, let's go out to the bar, let's go drink. And then you say, sorry, I got to go to the gym first. Once you make that decision, once you say no, that does so much to your identity. That does so yeah. much to your confidence in yourself that, yes, I can stick to this. And that only just catapults you even further. So it's like that quick decision. If you make that decision to stick to it where your plan is, I mean, it's gold. And I'm not saying you have to say no to your friends, though. That's, I think, where people live in this black and white thinking where it's either the gym or it's hanging out with family. Like, dude, how long is your workout? Like, yeah, do both, <laughs> bro, like go 30 minutes, 45 minutes and then go after. What do you? You can, you know, you can have your cake and lose the weight too. You know what I mean? Like literally. And this is so important because this is where context is very, very vital. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I, I get this question a lot and I don't know if you've got this before, but it's like, if I have, if I'm feeling very, very sleepy and sluggish and it's five o'clock in the morning and I have to go to work out, but I had a very bad night's rest, should I go to mm -hmm. the gym or should I not? And then the typical answer um, if you understand the importance of sleep is like, well, you could prioritize sleep and maybe skip mm -hmm. the gym for now because, um, you're going to get a lot of, a lot more benefits from sleep, but yes. having more context around that question, if it's someone that just constantly has bad sleep, that never goes to the gym, that never workouts and that not just this excuse, but ultimately has 
more other excuses that they apply and they just try to find ways to get away from going to the gym. Maybe for that person, just going to the gym and not even having a heavy workout, but maybe hitting the mm. sauna, but just getting to the gym Showing up, might yeah. make a huge difference for them. That's and, facts, man. And this is where like that whole aspect of context picks, makes a big difference because mm -hmm. it is if it's me and I'm someone that always goes to the gym and then I just had a night where I fell asleep at two, three o'clock in the morning because I had a lot of work to do. And then I woke up at five and I just, I'm just a regular in the gym for me, I'm staying home. I'm getting the rest because I already have that discipline build up. I already have that consistency. And I know that that one day of me missing out, is not going to affect me as much. It yeah. You trust your, you trust yourself to be able to adjust your plan probably too. Like in the event that, you know, you have the opportunity to go maybe a later day in the week that you know that you will, like you would adjust your plan or having that perspective and understanding that just because you don't go that day doesn't mean you're losing progress and taking a step back. I think yeah. that's where also people mess up. They they start out the year with this big goal. I'm going to work out five days a week coming from zero. And they're doing it for like a week, two weeks, mm -hmm. and then they miss one of the days. And then in their mind, they failed. And I always say like, hey, if you, you want to go work out seven days a week and that's your goal, mm -hmm. by all means, go for it. But just remember... There's people getting results working out twice a week. Just don't quit. Just don't give up. Like, yep. adjust the standard. And honestly, in my opinion, seven days a week is ridiculous. Six days a week is ridiculous. <laughs> like, five days even for majority of, like, everyday people, in my opinion, is kind of silly to expect, yeah. especially if we're going from zero. I work out five days a week, and, I mean, I work from home, so, I mean, I can just go whenever I want. Like, yeah. So, I understand I'm not in the position a lot of people are, but when you're working at nine to five and you got kids and you got maybe going to college on the side as well, go twice a week. And that might seem like a waste, but man, I got, pe there's people, if you're following an effective enough program, you can get plenty of results. And I'm not saying you have to go longer to the gym. I'm still saying a 45 hour long workout. Yep. You go to the gym twice a week, you can get plenty of results. And I promise you, whatever thing you do though, if you're just consistent with it and you stick with it long enough, and you try to surpass that one month, there's never, you're never going to look back. You're going to see the results mm -hmm. and you're going to be a lot happy for it. So yeah, I think a big thing there is just lower the expectation or the standard yeah. from which you are starting with and start smaller. It's harder to do in the sense of like thinking that it's not going to be doing anything, but it will, it will do much more yeah. than failing, which is. And that's, a, that's the thing. You're, you're extremely hyped up at the start. I mean, Come 2020, uh, 2023, a week leading up to it, you're already planning on what you're going to do, how long you're going to train, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear to the gym the first day. So a yes. lot of people are are motivated, hyped up and ready. And sometimes, like you said, we set up goals that might be a little bit more difficult to obtain. We go three weeks pass by. We start sluggish. We start slowing down. We start missing a couple of days. And then ultimately that turns into zero because of the reflection that we have where we're like, oh, I can't go to the gym for five days. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Now, there, there is still certain value I see, though, in feeding off that motivation because we know for yeah. a fact that sometimes we don't have that motivation. So that's when, like, either if you have really good self-reflection, which is very hard to have, or mm -hmm. if you have someone guiding you, you could probably feed off that motivation from the start of the year and go a little bit heavier and control the understanding that that might not be how you're going to carry on the rest of the year and how to adjust and adapt yeah. and, and still 
be consistent with things going on going on throughout. But it's like that, like it's I like said, that scene. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, uh, like, uh, but that takes a lot of a self reflection, mm-hmm. or b have one having someone that helps you guide you, or even c having a partner, an accountability partner, having a friend, having some having someone there that when you do start when life starts getting hard and life gets random and things start going on, even if you're not going five days a week, you're still able to go two, three days a week, but not yes. completely giving up. Exactly. And again, that's still going to get you plenty of results. It's not less because honestly, I think a lot of the times people overdo it, especially when they're coming out. If you if you are starting from zero, you really don't have to do that much to get results. You have to do less than the person who's going very consistently. Like I'm sure with you, Renato, right? You have to probably go at least five days a week now at this point in this level mm-hmm. of where you're at to really push the needle. But for someone coming off the couch, pushing the needle is working out once a week because you're literally doing zero. So it's understanding too, you don't need to do that much. You really don't. And I see a lot of people working way harder than they need to. Like you should be working smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be leaving your workout exhausted. I'm a big proponent of that. Like you should be leaving your workout energized. Feeling good. You also shouldn't be sore for more than two days. Like that's ridiculous. That doesn't mean you did anything well. That means you overdid it. Like you should be able to sit on the toilet comfortably. Oh yeah. And you should be able to feel good and ready to go and motivated. One good sign that you're overdoing it is that your motivation starts to die. Like your desire to even be there starts to die. It's like that idea of like the heart grows fonder, you know, like you over push yourself. Yeah. You get overstressed. Like I, there's days I'm not at the gym and I want to be at the gym. And that's how I know I'm in, I'm in a good spot. Like that's how I know I'm doing the right amount. Like I want to go back, but I know I need to rest. <laughs> you know, it's like, man, I want to be there right now, but it's resting. That, Darn it. That, that <laughs> happens quite often, but okay. So talking about new year's. So, mm-hmm. Um, New Year's is coming up. Uh, this is <gasps> actually is gonna launch on the first of January first. So it nice. we're already gonna be in 2023. Um, Hello, 2023. People are starting their New Year's resolution this week. People are start, are getting planned. This is a Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. What advice would you give the listener right now that's jumping into the New Year's that's already made a change? or is thinking of making a change in the next coming week um, so that person could actually ultimately stick with their goal and stick with their plan. Sure. I'm going to start this by asking or challenging whoever's listening to this, like you. You, if you actually take this advice seriously and you actually do it, and the majority of people are not going to do it. So if you're the one person that actually takes the advice and takes the action, then you're going to win 100%. And if you're not that person, you need to invest in a coach and get Renato because you clearly don't have the self-accountability to make this happen. And that's just being real, right? Like at the end of the day, you got to leverage accountability or something. If you if you're if you still know what you should be doing, and you're still not doing it. Like how much more time are you going to continue to waste in your life and continue another year not getting the result that you want? So for you listening, step up and get ready and listen. It's going to be super simple. But at the same time, like you, you better do it, right? If you really don't want this. And I think, so I think the first thing starts with a couple of things. And I had this conversation with a client earlier this week. There's two things we need to address. There's your goals. What is your goal? And then the second thing is, what is your rules? They're two separate things. What is your goal, your ultimate goal? And I think one thing you need to do here is gain clarity on that. Like, what is the goal? Are you trying to lose X amount of weights? 
Are you trying to look a certain way? Are you trying to feel a certain way? Really paint the picture as to what the goal is. Because if you don't have clarity on where you're headed, you're not going anywhere. So you need to set the intention so that your body and your brain already knows what to aim for. And your actions already start to shift and change a little because you have this goal. If you're not motivated, it's because your goal is not exciting enough. So get that thing super clear. Not just losing weight, but how much better your relationship is going to be. How many more flights you're going to be able to go on to and not be afraid of doing the awkward thing about getting the extended seatbelt. How many, you know, how many rides are you going to skip at Disneyland because you're overweight? Like how many more things are you going to be able to do? Are you able to go scuba diving? Like whatever, like paint the freaking picture and make it super dope so that you feel excited about it. That's the goal thing. Okay. So from goal setting as well, what you're going to want to do from there is now that you have the picture and you have the mind and the idea you want to break it down to the habits and the behaviors that are going to get you there. Your goal is not to track your goal. Your goal is to track and maintain your habits. And so you got to start to ask yourself, okay, what are the things that are going to get me there? And there's probably a whole lot of things you can work on. Like I told you earlier, there's six things in regards to metabolism that are going to speed it up and get your body to burn more calories. Those six things are your nutrition, your training, how many steps are you getting? How's your water going? How many hours of sleep are you getting? And how's your stress management? Those are the six things. Within those, each of the six things, there are things we can work on as well. Now, you may be overwhelmed listening to this, but you only need to pick one thing right now. And that's the challenge. And also the best solution is pick one habit to work on for the next two weeks only. So let's say, I think for a lot of people, they're probably going to pick nutrition or training. I feel like those are like the the sexy ones, ones that everybody wants yeah. to do yeah like let's do that you know yeah so in regards to nutrition there's a there's levels to nutrition right at the very top is being able to eat and understand portion control without tracking or doing anything that mm. no one's there yet that, that's trust me okay nobody's there yet if you're just starting no one's there yet now we can track macros protein carbs and fat that's kind of hard though we can track calories and protein that's a step down from that we can track calories we can track how many meals we're eating from home per week. We can start to track just, just protein, right? There's so many things. We can start to add more vegetables. Like pick one thing to work on and just pick that, okay? And I, no goal that you pick should be getting rid of this, getting rid of that. No negative goals. No negative goals. No, I need to lower my carbs. I need to stop eating candy. I need to stop having dessert. No, no, no. What are you missing from your diet that you can add in? The okay, funny so, thing is, it's yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So in, in the case, let's say I picked a goal, my goal, my ultimate goal is weight loss, and I'm gonna focus a little bit on nutrition. And um, what would be like one mini goal that that you or one minute mini habit that you would set upon in regards with nutrition that would have someone adding instead of subtracting? Yeah. So. A simple one is protein, right? So let's focus on adding in more protein with every meal. I'm not here to take away carbs. I'm not here to take away anything. In fact, uh, I don't know about you, man, but I always preach uh, carbs are actually good for your weight loss journey. They're going to be managing your stress and giving you fuel for your workouts. So yep. you really don't need to remove them just so you know. But we do need more protein and most people don't get enough protein in. And mm -hmm. what that does is it you know, suppresses appetite. So it manages it better. It Your body burns calories when you eat food. And the one thing that burns the most amount of calories when you eat it is protein. Mm -hmm. For some perspective, for every 1,000 calories of protein, your body burns 300 of them. So oh, wow. 
it's like not even stored. It's not even used. So that's like a lot. Yeah. That's significant. For you to lose weight, you only need to be eating 500 calories. To lose a pound to two pounds a week, you only need to be eating 500 calories less than what your body's burning all day. That's a pretty good calorie deficit that will lead to that. And you can sometimes do that simply by adding in protein with every meal because it will lower yeah, your appetite and burn more calories. Yep. Yeah. So that's a really good one to go start with. Just looking at every meal and saying, okay, I'm going to make sure with every meal I have 25 grams of protein with every nice. meal. That's a simple one. Stick to that for a couple of weeks. If you really want to go hard and honestly get results as soon as possible, go into tracking calories. Like just start tracking your calories, aiming for a number that is below your maintenance calories so you can lose some weight. How do you figure out your maintenance calories? A simple tool that I use for a calculator online is tdeecalculator.net. You can go nice. there and put your height, your weight, your age, how many days you're going to be working out. That'll pop out your maintenance calories. And you want to subtract 500 from that to lose one to two pounds a week. Don't want to go faster than that. There's an option for that, but don't go faster than that. For other people though, too, like they might find that that's a whole other conversation with metabolism, but they might find that they don't get results at that number still. That's probably because your metabolism is not in a good spot. So that's a whole other conversation though that would take a whole other podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Renato's got some sort of resources yep. on metabolism and all that. Basically, but, you kind of got to earn your right to actually go on a diet if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I think a lot of the other things that I just mentioned are all going to benefit your metabolism and speed yeah. it up anyways. So if you just start eating more protein, drinking more water, getting more sleep, getting some more workouts in a week. And with workouts, aim small. Like I'm telling you, aim for something you can easily do for the rest of your life. That's, that should be your idea, not for a couple of months. Like, what can you do for the rest of your life easily that you're 100%, 10 out of 10, confident you can stick to this week? Is it one? Yes. Cool. I'm cool with that. That's more, one more than you're doing last week. And make sure your workout's only an hour long. You're prioritizing mainly weight training. If you want to think of it on a ratio, 80% weight training, 20% cardio. And cardio can literally, for most people, should just be walking, like fast walking. If you're coming off the couch, don't go running. Like that's bad for your knees. It's bad for your hip. It's bad for your back. We want to sustain this process. And I mean, I got down to six, I get down to six packs, man, without doing any type of running. I just do walking and I track my steps. That's it. Yeah. So you don't I need did, to be running. I did my bodybuilding show back in 2020 with a three month prep. It was about 16 weeks. I didn't implement cardio until the last three weeks of that prep. That's beautiful. And all I did was track my steps and I just made sure I was a little bit more active every month. Heck yeah, man. That's the way to do it, man. Weight train because you want to be, you don't want to end up skinny fat. You know, you don't want to end up flabby when you've lost the weight. You want to end up toned. Ladies want their booty still. I mean, I want to, I want my booty still. Guys Guys want their arms, you know, (laughs) but you know, everybody should have all the muscle they can keep. So that's the thing, right? So pick something, a habit that you can track. And then the next step below that, okay, is... You want to be able to make that habit tangible. You want to be able to see that you are sticking to it on a day. Whatever your goal you attend, you want to make sure you can actually visually see that you're sticking to this on a weekly basis. There's some actual psychology behind this. So they've done a study, right, on people. They were trying to have them and encourage them to save money. Okay. Right. And they had and they did because they found that even with financial education, People were still not wanting to save their money. That didn't solve anything. So education and knowing doesn't do anything. So they had four different strategies. They set a saving goal for every group, right? And they have four different groups. One group, the incentive was if you hit your saving target, you're going to earn even more money. 
So you're going to earn more money, right? Sec another group was an emotional. Was, what? was that like a written incentive, like a verbalized incentive? No, they were told, hey, yeah, if you, okay, if you yeah. save your weekly target, you're going to earn 25% of the money you save also in addition. Okay. So you're going to nice. be paid more money for it. Mm -hmm. The second group was an emotional incentive. So they were texted every day by their fake son saying, hey, mom and dad, please save money for my college tuition. I love you. Right. It was like an emotional incentive. The third one was a punishment incentive. So it was, hey, if you do not hit your target, you're actually going to lose money. We're going to take away 25%. And the fourth incentive was every day that you do it, write off a check mark on a box of seven day calendar. Guess which one saved significantly way more. I can already see right now. Although I would think the the sun texting you would like spike some sort of motivation. No, but I could definitely see just having that tangible way of checking out off a box. Yes. That's what, that's what did it. That's what it's just so, so powerful. It's crazy, I, man. And it, it, what it is, is like, we don't want to break a streak. It was, we're playing a game. We're making it tangible. We're taking this like uh pseudo, like in the air idea of saving money and bringing it down to earth by just seeing it now as a box. Same thing with your nutrition, same thing with whatever habit you're trying to build, breaking it down. So what you see on my calendar, you can't, if you're listening to this, you can't really see it. But I track those type of things for my business so that I can stay on top of the things I know I need to be doing. There's apps you can download. There's like an app called Streaks. It's a free app. Mm -hmm. You can do that to do that. Now, that's like the goal setting. I know we're like short on time. I got to go in like five minutes. But <laughs> on the other side of this really quick is rules, right? So we got goals uh -huh. now. Okay, we have a structure on how we can set a goal and actually obtain, obtain it. Set a super big yeah. goal. Break it down to what the habit you're going to be focused on for a couple of weeks and build up habits as you go, tracking your habits as you go. So you're encouraged to do more of it. On the other side of this is the rules. Rules are basically there for you to stay encouraged and feel motivated through the process. What are your rules for your happiness? This is very important to get really clear on because oftentimes we set a rule that is too high. Procrastination okay, is a symptom of a perception of too much pain and fear of failure. So we're afraid to even attempt something because we're afraid of failing it. Okay. Now, failure, the perception of failure is only going to come based off of what we say is failure, what we determine to be failure, your rules for failure. For some people, their rule is I need to work out five days a week. And then they don't break that rule. So they feel discouraged and they stop doing it. Right. We talked about that earlier. I love what you said earlier too, man, about, hey, if you don't feel, if you feel super tired, Maybe you just show up. Your rule, a simple rule you can make for yourself through this journey is every day I'm going to try my best. These are your rules for happiness, by the way, right? And so if you just show up every day trying your best, for example, if that's the rule you set, then you should feel happy every day. Maybe your rule is I'm just going to show up to the gym. I'm not even going to do a workout. My goal, if I just walk through the door. It's going to get there. I get there. I'm cool. I park my car in the parking lot. That's my rule. Cool. I did it. <laughs> Right. So you got to be super clear with what are your rules for happiness here through this journey? And the rules don't have to be super high. They really don't. The whole point here is like set really easily, easy rules for yourself to achieve so you can stay happy through this process and encouraged and motivated. Because if those rules are set way too high or if you don't make an intention, you just let the default rule in place guide your life. You're going to find yourself procrastinating, eventually hitting that failure and fail and just failing ultimately failing which is quitting so 
write down like your one to five rules for this process. And these, again, these rules are for your happiness. They have nothing to do with achieving the goal. They're just like day to day. What is your rule for happiness today? What is going to be enough for you? Not what anybody else is telling you. Not what that small voice, that loud voice in your head telling you that you suck tells you. What are, what rules are you going to set for you? I love that because it ultimately ties in what we were just talking about in regards to your relationship with exercise or your relationship with your nutrition. As long as you abide by the rules that you're setting, you're going to be happy with the decisions that you're making and the steps that you're taking. And that should ultimately create that better relationship with everything. So this was gold, man. First of all, thank you so much. This is so, so good. So we're looking at setting up your ultimate goal. That's like step number one. The reason why you want to obtain that ultimate goal then setting up your habits that are ultimately going to get you closer to your to to that goal. Maybe starting off with just one, something super simple, something that's really obtainable, something that you can do that doesn't demand too much effort from the start. And then setting up a way that you're visibly or physically keeping track of you sticking to that habit so that you ultimately get closer to that goal. And on the other side, setting up a set of rules that ultimately make these decisions that you're taking and the steps that you're that that you're making making sure that you you like what you're doing you're ultimately creating that good relationship with everything adrian man this was was gold thanks man thank you for having me here bro no thank you so much this was so spontaneous and i know you gotta go but um (laughs) thank you so much for your time man thanks you thank you for jumping on before we leave I know for a fact that anyone listening out there is going to want to follow you. They're going to want to listen to more of what you're, what you, what you've been saying, because, because you've been just dropping gold after gold. So please uh, let everyone know what, where would be the best place where they could follow you. They could reach out to you. Maybe if someone's looking for that extra support for that extra help, where they could actually ultimately reach out for, for that support from you. Yeah. I think Instagram is a really good spot. Um, you can follow me at adrian.galvanize.strength adrian.galvanized strength um for some reason on tiktok my handle is a little bit different it's adrian the fitness coach so i need to shift that um all together no period all t- no space. Uh, there's a adrian dot the fitness coach okay yeah but i'm sure it should come up by the way um and we do i mean i'm in facebook too facebook group uh lifestyle mastery for fat loss so if you guys want to go in there too mm-hmm. um could they find yeah. this facebook group on your instagram or on your tiktok yeah, there's links to my the in my bio for that too. So Excellent. if you guys ever need anything, yeah, I'm happy to help. And uh, Renato, man, thank you for letting me be on here, dude. This was really fun, man. No, and we definitely got to do this again, man. There's so much wisdom, so much stuff that that we could talk about, and um, I'm really sure whoever listens to this is just gonna receive so much gold. Thank you so much again for jumping on, guys. And this is uh, the Journey Pod. Thanks. <laughs>